0: Welcome to Kuma and Friends at the Movies. Today we have a very special episode. We're going to be discussing the latest Christopher Nolan film, Tenet. And I have two great guests, two good friends of mine. Uh, First, we have Nadia, all the way from Latvia. Hi, Nadia. Hi. Nadia went to uh, film school in Mumbai, the same film school I went to. and we both are very much lovers of cinema and of course loves uh, lovers of uh, Christopher Nolan's films and his filmography. My second guest is a friend who I have known for over 12 years. He is one of my closest friends ever and my cinema buddy for life, Mr. Irfan. Hi, Irfan.
1: Hey, how are you guys?
0: Good, good, how are yeah, you? Good.
1: Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, very excited about this. Uh, I mean, obviously uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not like a film student, Uh, But I am a big connoisseur of films in general, so I really like watching movies, and I do that a lot with Kunal. It's almost like a ritual for us to go out and enjoy movies together. Uh, And so I am quite excited uh, about discussing movies for the first time in a podcast, because that's something I haven't done before. Um, And uh, yeah, uh, really excited to see how this turns out.
0: And Nadia, would you like to uh, say something about yourself to introduce yourself to our listeners?
2: Well, I've been studying filmmaking and uh, then I kind of got into writing and, you know, I love going to cinema, especially I love Christopher Nolan films. So I'm quite excited to be part of this. Thank you for inviting me.
0: You're most welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank both. I, I really thank and appreciate both of you because this is the first episode. We are still trying to, you know, I'm trying to figure out where it's going to go and how it's going to go, so excited. And um, I figured no better place to start off than a, a new Christopher Nolan film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, to our listeners, we're going to be initially speaking about the film in a very broad prospect, um, spoiler-free. We will be getting into spoiler territory later. And when we do, before that, uh, an announcement will be made loud and clear. So if you haven't seen the film, which I'm sure many people haven't, uh, given the situation of the world right now, um, so do not worry. We're going to be completely spoiler-free initially, and an announcement later on will be made. So let's jump right into it. Um, Who wants to go first, I guess, talking about their initial first impressions of of the film?
2: Well, I can go first.
0: (laughs) All right, please do. Go ahead.
2: Well, I think... um... For me it was like when I was going for it I knew what it could be and I was looking to see a thriller and which is why I didn't go with like um a sense of judgment or like critique or anything so I enjoyed it a lot and um well I, it pretty much was what I expected it to be you know in terms of a thriller and action and cinematic experience mm-hmm. um, yeah
0: Okay. And Irfan, your initial thoughts, without going into, I guess, the, the technical aspects, we'll go into the, the music and cinematography, all that stuff later, but your initial thoughts of the film.
1: I think it's a very interesting movie in the sense that it's blending uh, multiple genres together, and we have seen that uh, with Christopher Nolan before as well, uh, with movies like Inception, where he's taken uh something that has science fiction trappings but mixed it up with a heist film uh and so i Mm -hmm. feel like he's doing something similar to that um in nature with this film as well except the genres are different um so i i obviously am very excited with what he was going to do with this and uh, that's the one thing that i like about christopher nolan is that uh Unlike most mainstream filmmakers, he is always someone who's trying to push um, the ante uh, of filmmaking in different ways. So he's always trying to create, uh, he has like original concepts and ideas, and he tries to bring them together and try to do that in different genres. So like with The Dark Knight, he made a crime drama film. With Inception, Mm -hmm. he has a science fiction film that is also like a heist film. So with Tenet, he's also doing something of that nature. And that's what always excites me about his films, that he's always mixing things up and trying to create something that is uh, better than the regular blockbuster that you would watch uh, over the course of uh, any year, essentially.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and essentially I, what I felt, and I think maybe you guys felt the same way, is that Tenet is sort of Nolan's attempt of making his own James Bond-esque film but making it in his own way. And um, Nolan has been known to be a big James Bond fan, and he's always wanted to do a spy thriller, and this is something that is quite uh, personal in that way, that he's never done. I mean, Inception, you can counter that, yes, it is kind of a spy thriller, but this had more of an espionage where uh, it was more, you know, the whole aspect of a traditional villain and a traditional hero. I mean, in the film again, no spoilers, the film, the hero is just called the protagonist. Uh, He doesn't have a name. And so it's as bare bones in that way. So he's taken a traditional, what would you call a traditional uh, protagonist versus antagonist type story in a spy thriller, and made it his, his own. And it's his complete own. And I think that is why also Nolan has such a big fan following worldwide, is even though he might take genres and tropes or like the bare bones of a story that might exist elsewhere he makes it his own and his films are all entirely original he he doesn't have um i mean even even doing batman which is yes it's a comic book film quote unquote it's still highly original it's not falling into an equation or falling into a cliche so uh, my view of the film, I, yeah, I definitely liked it. I thought it was great overall, and when we go into the details, you know, we'll, we'll talk about what we liked and disliked about the film. So since we're going into rotation anyway, I guess let's go into um, Nadia's view of, I guess, breaking down the film in terms of uh, you know, different aspects, whether it's story, performances, music, cinematography, stuff like that.
2: Yeah, sure. So uh, I think like for me, Nolan's films are sort of like, I love what he does with the concepts and the concepts that he talks about, the themes of time and, you know, spaces and dimensions. So Mm -hmm. like even with Inception, um, I used to talk about lucid dreaming to my friends and like nobody actually knew what it is. So when that film came out, that's when he kind of caught me and I started watching his films. So for me, it was exciting to see what he would do with the concept of like, you know, um, the present, past, future, time. So in terms of cinematic, um, I think, you know, in terms of visuals and even like the beginning scene, which I'm not gonna talk about in specifics, um, but like, it's really grand and uh, he really shows everything uh, in terms of action, the way it happens. Uh, so I thought it was really like a cool thing to watch. Um, okay. In terms of sound, in the beginning, I couldn't understand everything um, mm-hmm. really because it was like you know, yeah,
1: yeah. the I way agree. it
2: was, yeah, the way it was overlapping and stuff. So I had to read mm-hmm. all the subtitles. Um, oh, okay. And I think somewhere that also like I've I've missed some parts in terms of like uh, logical line of the story and like the things that they explain in the beginning I couldn't understand it and then later on I had to catch up with it so I guess like that would be like one main drawback um okay um then I mean acting acting I I wouldn't say anything like acting was just like really great especially Robert's part um he made me laugh a lot and uh, there were actually a lot of, you know, like funny and cute moments, which were really on point. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I actually don't right. know what you anymore. Maybe you can like guide me in this.
0: No, no I mean, yeah, you basically you shared what, what you felt, your initial thoughts again. Yeah. So just to, make our listeners aware this is a very tough film to speak about without spoilers i mean i would say any nolan film is in that aspect um so yeah if you do hear us kind of uh, trying to gather our thoughts we're just trying really hard not to spoil the initial introduction of this episode for you guys because this is a film that you don't want to be spoiled if you haven't seen it and especially if you are interested in watching it so
2: yeah what I can say is that you know, like, there were a lot of emotional moments, which, like, you know, he really tried to touch those very basic, you know, things that characters care about. But I got emotional in some, quite a few parts in the film, uh, in the middle, yeah. and then at the end, also.
0: Yeah, you you told me as well earlier when we were talking that you got emotional when they were showing scenes of Mumbai because you know you lived in Mumbai yeah. and yeah, so of course you have memories. I've lived in Mumbai as well. And I've also not been there for quite a few years. So yeah, seeing those places and especially recognizing those areas of Mumbai, like every scene, ex- I mean, unless they were like interior scenes, all the exterior shots were places that I was like, I've been there, I recognize that. So it was, it was kind of cool to to connect to the film in that way, which has never happened to me, at least in a, in a Nolan film that I've literally like recognized the buildings and the area. There's one scene actually, where um, John David Washington walks out of a cafe um, in which is in South Bombay, and this is uh, again not spoiled. He just walks out of a cafe and he's speaking on the phone. And I've been to that cafe. Um, it's not Leopold's; it's another one. Anyway, so yeah, it was cool. I was like, I've been there. I've I've, I've had a beer there. I've I've been with friends there. I know that cafe. So it was just really cool to to see that um, in in such a film. Um yeah. regarding performances what you said I yeah I I thought everyone was on par everyone did a great job I mean the, the four main people uh, John David Washington as the protagonist Ro- Robert Pattinson as Neil Elizabeth Debicki as Kate and Kenneth Branagh as and, as Andre Sator who's the antagonist in the film um I think these four are the the main key uh, characters through the film and all four of them did a, did a great job. Um, I mean, for those who don't know, Kenneth Branagh is a highly respected actor. He's a, your traditional thespian. Uh, he's heavily into you know Shakespeare and everything. So having him as this intimidating villain, um, even with the Russian accent, he's, he's from the UK. But I think he pulled off. He definitely was chewing the scenery at times. But he was this over-the-top villain that was really strong. Um, nothing compared to, let's say, Joker in the Dark Knight when it comes to a Nolan villain. But it was a strong villain, which I think definitely served the plot and was intimidating. Um, when I saw him on screen, there were scenes where I kind of sunk in my seat, like, "Oh, he's he's yelling at me!" I I, I kind I went into like defense mode. So yeah, I think performances it was great. Um, Nolan definitely got out a lot of great performances from these four, and they just were. A gem on screen. the The chemistry between Robert Pattinson and John David Washington was great. Um, you know, like this duo kind of doing things together. Uh, I thought that was nice. I like the chemistry between them. Um, a point that yeah, you I brought up. The... Sorry, go I ahead.
2: think the I think the bonding between them is what really got to me. Like by the end of the film, you know, especially yeah. when he ties it up. You know, when he tells them those final words and stuff. You know, it kind of. Yeah. That really made me emotional. I think that's what uh, Nolan does really well. Like, be it in... Into- yeah,
0: and we'll definitely touch upon that when we start yeah. speaking spoilers, because that is something that we definitely need to talk about, because that was a really lovely moment. Um yeah. But yeah, what you said about the sound, I do feel that there was something, I don't know, wrong with the sound mixing, or they prioritized it wrong, which I'm sure Irfan will give his view on. I felt like <laughs> the 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 dialogue was, like, the least prioritized, and music and sound design was, like... And so we all have seen it in IMAX. Uh, Irfan and I saw it in IMAX over here in Dubai, and Nadia saw it in IMAX in, uh, in Latvia. In Riga? Is that where you went? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Riga. So we all saw it in IMAX, which, I mean, let's be honest, is the best way to watch a Nolan film, especially when it's shot, you know, with IMAX cameras, like this, like, and it was. So the sound, everything is the best that you can expect, in in, a, in an IMAX and it doesn't get any better than that really when you when you're watching a film in, in the theaters but man it was tough like the only reason I want to watch the film a second time to watch it at home like on on Blu-ray I'll buy it on Blu-ray and watch it or if it's on streaming is because I want to watch it with subtitles because I feel like there was about 20 percent of dialogue that I did not catch because it was just so loud that you and it could be completely throwaway dialogue or it could have been the most crucial dialogue, but I missed, I would say, about 20% of dialogue. And you brought it up that you could read the subtitles, which was yeah, great I, because sorry, I had
2: yeah. to read. I literally had to read like Russian subtitles once in a while to sort of whatever I missed. But it, mm-hmm. I, I did, to be honest, I had a thought when I was watching uh, the lead actress speak, which was kind of a British accent. I don't remember. Mm-hmm right? But, like, I thought to myself, like, do people in Britain understand what she's saying? Because I'm not... I have to read the subtitles for that. You know?
0: uh, you, oh, you're speaking about Elizabeth Becky's character?
2: Yeah. Yeah, Andres.
0: yeah, Okay, yeah, yeah. That didn't bother me as much as the, when the characters actually literally have masks on their face. Like, they're speaking... Oh, yeah. You know, important plot dialogue while they have a mask on their face. And I'm just... No, like... It's just, no, it doesn't work. I can't hear what they're saying. I'm not understanding. And then you have the loud music and sound design. But yeah, that's my thought. Yeah, please, Irfan, I know you have um, probably quite a bit (laughs) to say about the sound
1: mixing. So please go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Look, I'm going to start by um, sort of uh, talking about three points that I really liked about the movie and three points Mm -hmm. that I disliked about the movie. Uh, So that's kind of like my general review of the film. Okay. So the one thing that I thought was absolutely impressive about the movie is um, is the general concept. I think the general concept that the movie had of this conversion thing and without going into the specifics of it is very interesting. It's something that obviously kind of builds upon things that Nolan has touched upon in the past in his previous movies. Um,
0: yeah.
1: So it's, it's a very interesting concept. And I think... Uh, to bring it to life and the way he brought it to life on film is really, really interesting and great. So that definitely full points for that. And, you know, there's no denying the fact that Nolan is, you know, we, we, people throw around the term auteur to describe mm-hmm. filmmakers like Nolan or Denis Villeneuve or people who, you know, have like the singular vision uh, and mm-hmm. they bring that vision to life in their film so definitely nolan is one of those people uh, in this day and age he's one of those commanding filmmakers that can uh, come up with this high concept and he can actually kind of pull through on the that concept and make a really great and original film out of it so great uh, yeah. so like as far as the concept is concerned uh, i was all in uh, uh, with what he had done or at least what he was trying to do the second thing that i think is a great thing about the film is the spectacle like obviously due to the COVID-19 situation, uh, a lot of us have been, at, uh, been home. And uh, this is probably the first full feature-length film most of us are seeing after six months, right? So I think the last movie me and Kunal watched together was Onwards by Pixar. Uh, that was in yeah. March. And this is <laughs> this is like the next movie that we watched. And this was like all in, like the big blockbuster movie on IMAX. Um, so that sense of spectacle really had to be there for it to be a memorable experience. And Nolan does bring the spectacle. And we've seen that yeah. in the past. Like, you know, this some some of the greatest and most iconic scenes of the last decade, like the corridor fight scene and in inception, the all a lot of the scenes from the Dark Knight are impressive. Uh, even even his lesser movies uh, like The Dark Knight Rises, you know, they have some impressive scale and uh, and epic scenes where, where you get an incredible sense of scale, where you have, like, all the entire Gotham police force drive, uh, running behind Batman. And that's the kind of thing that is done all practically in camera. That's another thing that I really am impressed with no, uh, by Just Nolan. Quick in general.
0: thing. I want to agree with that. Yeah, Nolan knows how to set up a scene. He knows how to put. Yeah. He
1: knows how to put together
0: an action set piece. Is like you know the docking scene in Interstellar, and even the entire yeah, climax yeah, the at
1: the end. The, yeah, absolutely. So Nolan is a master of spectacle, and just like you said, the docking scene in Interstellar is probably one of the best scenes he's ever directed as a director. Like you know, in terms of how things come together, in terms of action direction. Uh, music, mm-hmm. everything just comes together in a perfect way where that scene is almost etched in your memory. So, yeah. Nolan is a great, is a master of spectacle. And this movie did deliver on spectacle. Um, uh, whether it's the best spectacle Nolan has created in his filmography, that's debatable. But I do think, in terms of sheer spectacle and how he pulled it off, it's uh, impressive. And it also goes down to his impressive team of uh, you know hoitewan hoitema his cinematographer um uh, mm-hmm. his um his uh, composer um uh, but this uh, this is ludwig goranson i don't exactly yeah know how ludwig to Goransson. It. yeah goranson yeah uh, so i mean he he he's obviously not Hans zimmer but he was able to achieve very similar uh, results like a pulse sounding sort of action uh, soundtrack that you know accentuated all the scenes that you were watching so it was pretty good stuff mm-hmm. so the spectacle yeah. was there so the concept i was all in spectacle i was all in and i think the third thing that for me personally was uh the thing that really held this movie together was john david washington uh and we've been seeing john david washington um, we saw him in black Plansman. i thought he was phenomenal in that in fact i think he Probably was robbed from an uh, Oscar <laughs> nomination because I thought he was so damn good in that movie. Um, he he yeah. was um, he he was he was so nuanced in that, you know. Uh, and he played off like that role that he was playing uh, against uh, Adam Driver and stuff in that movie so well. So I was I was like, you know, okay, this is Denzel's son, so you know the expectations are really high. He has big shoes to fill, and the guy's yeah. been delivering it, you know. So, so having uh, so Nolan trusting this actor, who not only is a very charismatic actor, but has a great sense of physicality to him. And I think I believe that's why Nolan cast him, not only just because he's a charismatic actor, but he's also he used to be a athletic football player or something. Right. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. even in the right.
0: show he did Ballers, he plays a football player in the show Ballers. It's an HBO sports show. Um, it's kind of like Entourage, but instead of acting, it's football players.
1: Yeah. So I mean John David Washington brings it all uh, all the way through, you know. I mean I I, I love yeah. the guy in this movie and I like I like him in general. Like he has a he 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 has the charm, he has the charisma, he, he obviously wants to have a different persona than his father, and his father is like, you know, is Denzel Washington like enough said, <laughs> <man>. you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like Denzel Washington is a legend, right? So like right. how do how does how do you follow that through? But I think John David Washington is going to be a huge star. And I love the fact that Nolan always gives chance to, like, actors like him. And even Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson was really good in this. Like, he had that charming demeanor. And I'm really excited to see him in this because I have, like, you know, very high expectations with Robert Pattinson. Especially because now he's playing the Batman in the Matt Reeves movie that's going to come out next year. So, yeah. very, very excited. Like, I was I was... The casting is still just as every Nolan movie is on point. Uh, obviously, you know that because even in a movie like Inception, and we talked about this earlier on, Nolan is very good at casting. Uh, he, he gets yeah. the right kind of actors to get the butts in seats, you know? Like, he has a high-concept movie, but then he's, like, getting Leo DiCaprio, who is, like, the greatest actor of our generation. He gets, like, George, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He gets Ellen Page. He gets Tom Hardy. All these amazing young... charismatic actors who are very interesting to watch and even though sometimes he doesn't flesh them out or develop them really all that well he knows that they can carry a film just on their charisma alone and that's which I felt
0: was a risk here uh, because Tenet doesn't have an A-list lead so to speak you know John David Washington this is his biggest film ever as a lead or even not as a lead this is his biggest film and he Proved himself, as you said, as being a lead in Black Klansman, but he's never been on a film of this scale. So I felt Nolan taking uh, that calculated risk paid off uh,
1: completely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I, uh, I feel like he did that because he probably wanted to prove a point that yeah, I. I, I, I really trust in these actors and I think that mm-hmm. these actors came on board. I think I could get like really good performances out of them and he he believed in them. Like, he got someone like yeah. Kenneth Branagh, who is like, you know, uh, sort of like a seasoned actor who he mm-hmm. knew would deliver on in the supporting place, but then he got like Actors who are sort of up and coming, you know, and to be Correct. honest, I can see the same kind of comparison even for Inception. Like, besides Leo, who was obviously the seasoned actor, but then you have a Joseph Gordon Levitt, who was kind of like his star was kind of rising in Hollywood around that time. Then you have your mm-hmm. Tom Hardy, so he, he, mm. all this cast actors. So he is obviously here, he's even taking a bigger risk, you know, like it's, it's actually mm. pretty impressive that you have like the stentful a uh, uh, film where you have uh, John David Washington and John David Washington's previous film was just Black Plansman And before that, he's just in some TV roles and some supporting roles. So this was his big break. Uh, and similarly, yeah. Robert Pattinson. Pattinson, sure, yeah, he, he had those Twilight days, which are way behind him now. He did, uh, he moved Thankfully. Into yeah, he moved into like indie films and stuff like that. And he's been uh, building his cred on those indie films uh the great david cronenberg film that he did uh and then he did that um good times which was also another really good film so he's been building his indie cred and now he's moving back into the big blockbusters and now he you know after this he's doing the batman so yeah, yeah uh, so so good on the casting as well so those are the three things that i really like about the movie so let's move before one
0: movie. second before you go into the cons of what you didn't yeah. like I want uh to give the floor to Nadia for for a minute to elaborate on other pros that she might um you know have liked that she's not you know previously mentioned yet.
2: Yeah, well like as you guys were speaking I was thinking about it. I think it's important to note how diverse the casting is because as mm-hmm. I was watching I was just thinking about it like that's like a huge thing. Um, You know, you you have African-American, you have a white person, you have an Indian person. And that, I feel like that shows that, you know, um, kind of, you know, equality that he's trying to put forward. And also, Mm -hmm. without spoiling it, uh, you know, I felt like at the end, uh, you know, the woman was sort of given, like, um, closure yeah like you know like like she was the one who kind of um careful (laughs) it was kind of like you know um she was kind of given a spotlight at the end of it Mm -hmm. yeah uh, yeah
1: yeah.
2: which was really cool like
0: um yeah yeah it was i would say it was equally uh her story as it was john david washington's story because even if she might not have had the calculated screen time as much as John David Washington. She her importance to the plot was equal for sure. And yeah. um that was yeah, that was that was a, a great choice uh made in the film as well. Um so I feel the con I mean we've talked about what we like about the film. We've definitely gone into more details about the cast. And I do want to give us some time because we've all you know There's a lot to say about this film. I feel like we can talk about this film longer than the actual duration of the film uh, because it's just one of those films that you can do it. You know, you can do, you can speak on and on about it. Um, I will touch upon one last thing before I think we should jump into spoiler territory. Uh, So then we can also talk about the cons there more in detail um, uh, and, you know, just other details regarding the film. One thing I do want to bring up, which we haven't mentioned yet, and probably not many people are mentioning because the names thrown around are the actors' names, the composer, Ludwig, the cinematographer, Hoytwein Hoytema, who's, if other you know listeners are not aware, he's been working with Nolan now for three films. He did um, Interstellar and Dunkirk and now Tenet. He also did uh, the other very visually astounding film, Ad Astra, with Brad Pitt, which I found the cinematography, at least in that film, was fantastic. So he's another name that people have been mentioning when it comes to Tenet. But one name that has not been mentioned, which I feel she did a fantastic job. I didn't even know she was the editor for this film, but my God, Jennifer Lame. She did the editing for this film. She's the first time working with Nolan. She's only done smaller films before. She did um, Hereditary. She did Marriage Story and Manchester by the Sea and Frances Ha. So she did the editing for those films. Now, in comparison, those films are like, small-budget, borderline indie, she did the editing of this film, which is not just a Nolan film. This is a time-inversion Nolan film. And they say, like, I remember even in film school, they would say the best editing is when you realize that you, – when you don't realize it. It's, it's just smooth transition after transition, smooth cut. It's just the seam, – scene, it's seamless. That is when you know the editing's at its best. Mm-hmm. When you start noticing that, oh, that was edited this way, that way, then you know that, okay, there are maybe a little hiccups. I found, I mean, given the film's duration of two and a half hours, given how much it was trying to accomplish, I found the editing to be probably one of the most curriculum tasks. And she, I'm, I'm sure Christopher Nolan was sitting right by her, because he's just one of those directors who is not going to leave the edit room. He's going to be involved in the post-production. He's one of those people. But she pulled off the editing really well, and hats off to her, because, and I also feel like her name is not being thrown around as much when people are speaking about Tenet. So a huge shout-out now that she's going to be listening to this, but if at any point she does, a huge shout-out to Jennifer Lame. You did an awesome job. That was fantastic to edit this kind of film. Uh, I can't even imagine how how much of a pain in a way, but satisfying at the same time it was to edit this film. So just wanted to touch upon that. Um, Any other last minute thoughts you guys want to share before I guess we transition into more spoiler territory?
1: I think, uh, like you said, uh, once we start talking about the cons, I think we should probably open up uh spoilers there as well open the door <laughs> open the door to the spoilers just because i feel like um there is any criticism that you'll have with the movie is with you know with how things happen and how the concept is brought to life so it's pretty Correct. important that um uh we only start talking about that so like i like i said that uh, this movie obviously is in my opinion, it's it's uh, it is flawed. So um, I do think, in general, uh, the flaws with this movie, without being very specific, is the same flaws that you've had with any <laughs> Nolan movie. Uh, you know, sometimes Nolan movies are just very dense. Sometimes they're very um, uh, they're very high concept for their own good, and there are certain aspects that is always been a pattern in Nolan movies in the past, which kind of still remains in this one. Uh, and in some cases, I even believe that it's kind of uh, exaggerated to like an 11th degree uh, to a certain degree, uh to a certain way, in a certain way that I feel like if you you really like Nolan's cinema, you will love this kind of movie. But if you uh, really do dislike Nolan's way of filmmaking, you're going to really dislike this movie. And if you're like a fan who can be like, you know, sort of in between the two where, you know, you kind of sometimes like how he he balances high concepts, but like, you know, his, uh, sometimes his little um, intricacies intricacies and, you know, all the the details that he goes into uh, explaining something in a movie. uh, And if that distracts you, you know, you're still going to have the same opinion after watching this movie it is a dense movie it is a little tricky to understand uh for multiple reasons not only just because the concept is such it's such a high concept intellectual movie but it's also because like literally like we discussed uh it's a little hard to understand because of the sound mixing so yeah, yeah i mean i think um uh, that's just the general point of view that if you're a nolan fan you'll be all in or if you've never liked the nolan film you'll still not like this this movie in in specific and yeah i think uh, without further ado we can start talking more uh on a more exact exacting detail we can start talking about yeah i'll i'll I'll, like I'll do it. an
0: announcement for that and before we walk yeah. through that door um i agree with that and see nolan has become sort of synonymous to cold calculated and cerebral the three c's um (laughs) like his cinema oh another c uh his cinema is just uh, associated with that uh for better or for worse it just is so i'm gonna do my so what i've decided and to the listeners listening as we've said this is our first episode so i feel like this episode is quite long so we're going to do our sort of closing statements. I'm going to end the episode here, and we're going to jump right into recording the next episode, which will actually be part two of Tenet, which will be full spoilers. So that way people who have not seen the film can just listen to this entire episode, and people who have seen the film can listen to both. So I think that way it will be better because this is this discussion, I've realized, has actually gone longer than I expected. I believe we've like pushed the 30-minute threshold already, and we haven't even started into the spoiler territory yet so my closing statement in a way just to sort of wrap things up in a non-spoilery way given the film is two and a half hours I felt the pacing was great so that's always good when you hear a film being two two and a half three hours long but it doesn't feel that way you it, it's a good thing to walk away from uh, whether the film is memorable or not if the pacing is good it's an it's an experience that you can enjoy after you've walked out of the cinema that being said Five months or almost six months, as fan rightly mentioned, of not seeing a film in the cinema, then going into watching a Nolan film in IMAX was just like this warm hug that welcomed me me back at home. You know, just like, oh, welcome back. We've missed you. And it felt so good. So, yes, while this film might be flawed, which we will talk about more uh, later on, I just love the overall experience. I walked out of the cinema with a smile on my face. I was like, oh, okay, that was so good. And given what 2020 has become and how sparse and limited it's been with the releases of this entire year, Tenet is probably still going to end up being in my, probably my top five films of 2020, given what is even yet to come. Probably will end up, I mean, as of right now, it definitely will be, but You know, they still, we still have almost half a year left, but not much coming out. Everything's, most things are delayed till 2021. So it's just nice to have this original juicy concept of a film and the cinematic experience in a year where we, I felt like we needed it the most, you know? Um, So that is kind of my closing statement. Um, The floor is Nadia's and then we shall wrap up the episode for now.
2: Um, I feel like, uh, for sure, like after you know, going through lockdown and I went through like Indian lockdown, you know, seeing a film of you know a thriller was just like a dream come come true after so many months. So I feel like my excitement also um, comes from that.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: also, I feel like it, it was it was a really good film, you know, for a tr- thriller, and it had everything that. I was hoping to see. All right. So
0: uh, anything else anyone wants to add on before we wrap uh, the spoiler-free section of, uh, of this episode?
1: Uh, I think uh, I would just like to say at the end that uh, the reason why we need um, movies like Tenant is that I know that during the lockdown period, a lot of us were watching movies at home and TV shows at home. Uh, yeah. And it's important to realize that this is something that cinema-going experience is something that's so integral to our lifestyle that when we don't have it, it it becomes such a such a hole that's missing in our lives almost. Especially if you're like yeah. a film connoisseur, like the likes of us. So just having that back was such a great feeling. Uh, And yeah, and and movies like Tenant are the ones where, you know, you want to go out and watch it because that kind of spectacle is just not easy to recreate at home.
0: Absolutely.
1: And uh,
0: on that note, I think we shall end this and I think it's better doing it this way so that this full episode, because I know a lot of people, uh, my friends included and some family members want to listen to this first episode. And many of them have not seen it um, and who are some big fans of Nolan. Sadly, many friends in the U.S. cinemas are not open. Um, so I think it's better that uh, we sort of structure it this way so they can listen to this full episode at least and not worry about spoilers. So I want to thank everyone who tuned in, everyone who listened to us. That is a wrap on Tenet's for the Free Talk. I want to thank you all for joining us on this very special first episode. Until next time, I'll see you at the movies.